set a Siri reminder to water their plants every two weeks. And now here are the hosts who put the fam in family. Jennifer Jamula and Allison Goldberg. Hello, everyone. I'm Jen. I'm Allie. Welcome to Two Girls, One Podcast. If you are new here, Allie and I had a live comedy show back in the day called Blogologues, where we used the internet as our script. Then we had a web series called Two Girls, One Show, which you can find on Hoo-Ha-Ha. We met the people behind all of those crazy internet posts we wanted scripted adventures. And now we have Two Girls, One Podcast with The Daily Dot. And our producer is here as well from The Daily Dot. Hi, Matt. Hello. Hello. Well, it's an exciting fucking day, you guys. <laughs> really, truly it is. Um, you know, obviously you guys are listening probably a while after this news all broke, but we have a new president-elect as of now. And there's oh, good news on the- I was just the- talking about our guest today. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did we get Biden? We got Biden. Yes, we, we did. <laughs> we need a smart yes. or more person. We really do. We, we really do. do. That's the like base level what we need. Yeah. Uh, and there's also good news in a vaccine today. I'm not sure if you guys had seen that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. And just like hearing Biden's plan to like immediately rejoin the Paris Climate Accords and like all the contact tracing and mask mandates and having national standards. And you're like, oh, my God. Right. 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 This is what it is like to have a president actually looking out for the country. Yes. It's bananas. And meanwhile, at the time of this recording, we're clocking over 100,000 cases a day, which means we're going to be getting a million every 10 days? Like, what? <laughs> yeah. USA. We're really, you know, we're, we're really crushing it, it with yeah. these cases. We're number one with these we're cases. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're just like fucking one. crushing everyone else because we have so many cases. <laughs> well, zero idea what our transition is here, but <laughs> maybe. Wait, hold on, hold on. Do you got it? Speaking of caring for families. Today, we're talking about starting families. Uh, we're talking to the CEO of the site. Jen and Adam have big news. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's either Mo Damily or Ma Damily, maybe Modern Family. We're going to find out later exactly where uh, th- what this portmanteau is. But basically, it's an online network for people who want to start families. And it could be platonic co-parenting. It could be looking for a romantic relationship. It could be sperm donors for gay couples, uh, for you know straight women who you know just are looking for sperm donors. It could be so many things. I'm very excited to talk to this person and see what this sprung out of and exactly this, what they're offering here. Totally. I did not realize it was so comprehensive. I thought it was really focused on platonic parenting or platonic relationships. I think that's where that that's where I have the most questions. Let's put it that way. I, I assume you do too. Well, yes. yeah, but it's it seems like it's for every every pairing, every which way to just help people make modern families, which I, I yeah, it's kind of awesome. I'm excited to hear about that. There's a quote from their site that says, our primary goal is to create a community for great potential parents that removes the stress and pressures associated with feeling that in order to be a parent, one must find a spouse first. So okay. that seems pretty modern, ma to me. Um, <laughs> 
So we'll get to that shortly, but we're going to keep this snappy today, guys, and get into trivia so we can get into this interview. (laughs) Let's get her done. Yeah. Speaking of birth and babies, in 1978, Emilio Palma, we all know him and love him, right? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, never totally. T- t- the t- name t- sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> Emilio. Uh, he, <laughs> Emilio Palma became the first person in history to be born in Antarctica. Hmm. Why, in God's name, would anyone go to that horrible frozen hellscape to have a baby? I have three choices for you. A. Palma's mother was a political refugee from Venezuela and didn't want her child born in Venezuela or any other South American country. After weighing all the options, her supporters agreed that there would only be one truly neutral place in the entire planet Earth that would not have political ramifications, Antarctica. That's choice A. Choice B. Palma's mother and father were the only survivors of a Bolivian plane crash on the tip of the Antarctic Peninsula. She gave birth at an abandoned research facility that they just luckily found and were rescued two weeks later after calling for help from the radios there. That is choice B. Mm. Choice C. The Argentinian government sent Palma's mother to give birth at an Antarctic colony in the hope that they could later claim that territory for Argentina. That is choice C. Why was Emilio Palma born in Antarctica in 1978? I'm going to go with B. I'm going to go with A. Allie goes with the plane crash. Jen Mm -hmm. goes with the political refugee situation. We will find out what's going on in Antarctica after this commercial break. Can't wait. Been dying to know what's going on with Antarctica. (laughs) Thank you so much for taking care of us. We're just little babies. And these people are helping support us at the dollar or more, I don't know, money yet. Um, (laughs) at the level on the Patreon. That's right. Chris Harrison. Gerard Duran Jesse Kafox Melissa Elliot James Dozier Deeper Duba Pants Kathy Phillips William Matt William Matt Matthew Matthew Scott We're so happy to be in a modern family with you. That's right. Hi, community. I found out today that a friend of a friend, after he and his wife and son just recovered from COVID-19, he will be furloughed in late January. To make matters worse, his daughter and her husband will also be out of a job. 
he will find himself deeply in debt after a string of failed businesses and with no income in 2021. He will be in bad shape. Any help is appreciated. GoFundMe.com slash Donald J. Trump. I always like to lend a hand, but... Um, I know, it's so sad, all these people losing their jobs and getting COVID. It's terrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Matt, um, let's pick it back up again. This is a comedy podcast, people. What's the trivia? <laughs> Why was Emilio Palma born in Antarctica in 1978? Uh, Jen, you went with uh, the political refugee situation that the mother wanted to birth him on neutral soil. Uh, that was choice A. Uh, Allie went with B mm-hmm. that uh, they were survive the parents were survivors of a plane crash tragic and they were later rescued uh, or C no one chose this one that the Argentinian government sent the mom to Antarctica so they could claim sovereignty there uh, at some point in the future everyone's sticking with their choices yes sir mm-hmm. the correct answer is C oh darn One of many botched attempts by Argentina to, uh, you know, do colonialism. They were looking around the map and said, "Eh, what's left? What's left to take? Here's a spot. If we get a kid born there, maybe we can claim some territory. Uh, Spoiler alert, did not work. (laughs) Man, Did did they survive? Like the kids survive? Yeah, yeah, as far as I know, everything was fine. Like it was, yeah. you know, there, there there are colonies there. Apparently, I, I am reading this is from Atlas Obscura. Wait, there are. Uh, I assume a lot of it is like scientific or governmental. Mm. Like I don't believe there is sovereignty. Like there, no country owns pieces of Antarctica, to my knowledge. But there was a colony there that Argentina Argentina had uh, established, and they said, "Hey, if we could just get a kid born." There, he would be like a citizen of Antarctica, but also a citizen of of, uh, of Argentina. What, what can we do? And, and no, that did not pan out. Wild. Honestly, Wild, right? it sounds like a dumb idea. <laughs> <laughs> don't go there. Yeah, don't go to Antarctica if you have a choice. Yeah. Like, why would you even want to colonize it? It's fucking cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It ain't the kind of place to raise your kids. No, In it's fact, not. it's cold as hell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you met the perfect co-parent there, would you mm-hmm. consider mm-hmm. it? <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note. <laughs> swipe, swipe left on that. I know. <laughs> we are ready for our interview and so excited. Please welcome to the show the CEO of Modamily, Ivan Fadovich. Welcome, Ivan. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. So excited to have you here. Okay, so it's kind of a it's a funny word to say out loud, Madamily. Like what in your words, what what is Madamily? <laughs> sure. Uh Madamily is short for modern family. So it's a platform, app, website that essentially connects people who are ready to start a family. And it kind of works similar to a, a dating app or a website where you you start a create a profile and and search around for people. Uh, who are looking for the same thing that you are, whether it's a romantic relationship leading to family, whether it's a, a platonic co-parent, or we help people find sperm and egg donors and surrogates as well. Why did you decide to start this site? What kind of need was it meeting that you could see? Yeah, so uh, I started it back in 2012. Um, it all kind of started when I was uh, living in New York, actually. And I was out to dinner with a bunch of uh, my single girlfriends. They were all in their mid-30s, approaching 40. 
they, we were all on, you know, the dating apps and sites of the day, okay, Cupid and match and all that. And, um, many of them were kind of frustrated with the guys that they were meeting on those sites because they were just looking for short-term kind of casual hookup relationships. And they were at a place where, you know, they were, they were needing to have a kid soon, and especially, you know, approaching 40, they were feeling the pressures of the biological clock. And a lot of the women were like, um, you know, I have to have a kid in the next couple of years or it's not going to happen. Like I, I've been, I, you know, when I, in my twenties, I always thought I would be married and have a kid when I'm 30, 30 comes around. Uh, they're like, you know, I'm not quite there yet. I'm still uh, trying to move up the corporate ladder of my job. I haven't uh, traveled to India yet. I want before I settle down and, um, then 35 comes around and, and you're still at the same place. And, uh, but when, when you're approaching 40, I think a lot of people, particularly women, men, men trend a little bit older, but they're like, Oh my God, I got to make a decision. I've been pulling, holding this off for for so long and there's actually you know a, a physical a time limit biologically speaking where i can do this and i haven't frozen my eggs and i need to find uh, i don't want to be a, a single mom necessarily so I, I i need to find a partner to help me raise raise a child maybe maybe i don't need to get married maybe i could just find a great guy that shares a, a vision and value system and for how we want to raise children and so it kind of started like that one, one girl in particular at the dinner she was considering adoption she was considering using a sperm donor she would go on these um, these online dates that she, from guys that she met, um, you know, the Match.coms of the world. After a few drinks, be like, "I want to have three kids in the next five years." Uh, <laughs> you know, not exactly what a guy wants to hear on a first date, but she was like, "Ivan, I don't care. I'm going to find someone that feels exactly the same way that I do." And I made a joke saying, "Sounds like you're on a different kind of dating site called DateInseminate.com." <laughs> and, I wish that's what you'd called it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I almost did it. And, uh, and so after, you know, everyone kind of laughed at the joke, but then a couple of the women afterwards were like, does something like that exist? Because I would consider joining something like that because I really need to solve this problem. And, and I haven't been, hasn't been working for me what I've been doing up until this point. So that was kind of like the light bulb moment. Um, I started doing some research. Um, I came across a co-parenting site that was based in France Back then, it was kind of a kind of small community, more of a more of a sperm donor message board site for LGBTs uh, looking to start a family. Poorly designed and, and, uh, and not very large. So, so what my family did was we became the first um, company in the U.S. that matched people up by uh, using a compatibility algorithm by having them create profile pictures and, and ask them questions about their vision and value system and and what they you know what they see and looking for in a partner. That's what I started building and we came up, you know, my family is just short for modern family and, um, and that's how it was born. Two things. First of all, how do you match people? I know you said that it's similar to other dating sites. There's a questionnaire, um, you know, but other sites are quite certainly a cesspool of humanity. So what are the, what are the things that you do differently to, uh, match people for co-parenting or, I know, I know you do a, a lot of different types of matching as well, sperm donations, et cetera. Um, start there. Start there. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, on these questions, we ask basically, um, one, what type of arrangement are you looking for? Are you, are you still hoping for you know, romance with someone who's ready to start a family? Are you open to a platonic co-parent? Uh, platonic co-parent is usually where one person is gay, one person is straight. So can't picture like Will and Grace, you know, best friends, uh, having a kid together. That's the only way I will have a child. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you can do that, or you can say you're looking for a known donor as opposed to, you know, going to the sperm bank and getting an anonymous donor where you never get to meet the father. The child doesn't meet their bio dad. Uh, maybe when they're 18, if the guy signed off on some paperwork, they can, um, meet them. But, you know, usually a child wants to know who their bio dad is much earlier. 
So a known donor is where is someone that you know becomes a friend of the family, but is not a legal parent, is not you know financially responsible, but has a relationship with the family that as a great uncle kind of role that that grows over time. So basically, first you say what you're looking for, then we ask you questions about you know a, a little bit about yourself. Where'd you go to school? What what type of work do you do? What your 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 general uh, you know career aspirations and um, income level and your height, your eye color, your hair color. You know basically and. And it's similar to, you know, some other sites. And then we ask questions like in terms of your parenting style, like do you see your kids going to public or private school? Do you do you believe in, in flu shots before the age of five? Like, you know, things that some married people don't discuss until it, it gets to that point. And then some people might have tremendous disagreements about health insurance or does a kid sleep in the bed with us at the, uh, from an early age or do you do sleep training or like th- th- there's all these little questions that uh, that people don't really discuss until they're well into their relationship. And those are all in the questionnaire? Uh, yeah, we have about 200 questions that uh, you don't have to answer all of them. But um, can you but prevent we... two anti-vaxxers from getting together? I'm just asking personally if that <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, it would it would be it would be listed if someone if that's a belief that they have. Um, right. But, but it's some not, people, I don't know, maybe they shouldn't be allowed to procreate. And I feel right. like you've got really a leg up here. On it. <laughs> it's a slippery slope to eugenics, but all right. <laughs> you kind of say what you're looking for. Tell us a little bit about yourself. And then we, we show you candidates, uh, you know, similar to a, a browse feed. And there's two ways that you can do it. You can do it on your own. You can search through the app and the website and meet people on your own. Uh, or we have a, a Madame Concierge, which is our kind of, um, you know, more VIP matchmaking service that's currently in, in places like New York, LA, San Francisco, larger cities, where we do the searching for you. We can vet the potential candidates and make the introductions and kind of uh, guide you through the whole process. So if you need help finding a fertility clinic, if you need help um, with a lawyer getting a co-parenting agreement or donor agreement, um, if you need a, a therapist in the modern family space, you know, we're kind of just like your advocate that, that, uh, that guides you through the process and, uh, of, of helping you start your family. That's cool. I love that you have all these additional services. But before we dive deeper into that, can you break down for our listeners what are all the different ways that people can match on or use the site, right? Because I think it's like single people looking for perhaps a romantic partner, but with the understanding you both want a family, gay couples looking for a sperm or egg donor. Like what are mm-hmm. all the different ways that people can use the site? Those two that you just mentioned, uh, basically single people who are looking for a romantic partner, single people that are looking for a co-parent. It could be, you know, a gay or straight person. So, but, you know, basically 60% of the site is women. About 22% is LGBT. Um, we have lesbian couples looking for known donors. Um, we have single parents by choice. I, I've, I've connected um, men with um, egg donors and surrogates, and they had a child on their own. I've connected women with um, sperm donors that had children on their own. We've helped married people that where one one person you know has a has an issue with their fertility. Uh, we help them find the family find a donor or an, or an egg donor. So yeah, we've done uh, kind of any any modern family arrangement that you can you can think of. Uh, there's a case in Florida where where it was the first time where three parents were listed on the birth certificate. You know, I, I think the laws have some uh, t- in some states have uh, ways to go to catch up to recognize families or people that are having kids um, that uh, are not married but are still you know considered a family. And I think I think some places have ways to go to catch up on that. But we're you know we're we're trying to 
we're trying to help that happen. Fascinating, because I now I kind of want to go down this legal wormhole and hear about all the different barriers and states and how they're doing. But I think that that's a whole wormhole. So (laughs) (laughs) I think let's let's steer clear of that. But I'm curious because that's so many different markets, right? So Mm -hmm. in terms of like attracting users. um, So anyway, so first of all, how large do you estimate that this market is? And how many users do you currently have? Yeah, so... I mean, I think there's millions of people out there that can use that are in the our target demo, which is basically men and women uh, generally in their 30s and 40s. And we currently have 30,000 users, so I think we have ways to go. I funded this initially, you know, myself. Uh, we haven't raised any large, you know, venture capital money. You know, we we didn't grow traditionally the way that a lot of companies say, like a Facebook or Tinder. You know, starting off in you know, one city, like we're, we're just in Los Angeles or San Francisco and get things going there and then expand to New York and like do it like a city by city rollout. We started getting um, media attention right away from all over the world. So we had, so we just let people sign up all over the world, even like, you know, Africa and uh, India and South America, you know, we have a couple thousand people in Brazil. We have people in um, thousands in England and Spain and Germany, Australia, it's still relatively small in terms of what it it could be because I'm you know I'm not I'm not even spending money on on marketing right now. Yeah. Mm, do you wow. do you have stats on like you know in in 2020 80 yeah. percent of uh, like like I want to know like how big is the potential market because I'm just curious in terms of this overall trend of mm-hmm. people you know starting like i don't know just like hitting these yeah. milestones I mean, in a different way we, yeah the, yeah there's a there's a pew research study a few years ago that mentioned that millennials and, and the generation younger um you know that it's less important to them that, as one of their life goals to find a partner to get married and spend the rest of their life with but it's more important to find a partner to raise children with but they don't have to necessarily be married to that person okay there's been a seismic shift in how people view families so it's not necessarily you know, get married at 25, have, you know, two and a half kids and retire and then stay together for 60 years. You know, we all have friends or, or, or personal experiences with, uh, with divorce and, um, and divorce can either be a good thing or a bad thing. Like, a, uh, and just like co-parenting there, you know, the, the, the arrangement can, can work for some people or it can not work if they're not done, not done the right way. And also with the LGBT part of the equation, you know, gay marriage was now legal nationally as of a, a few years ago. So now LGBTs are starting families more often than ever. And um, but they still need, you know, a man still needs a woman, a woman still needs a man's sperm and egg to form a child. So they need help finding uh, donors and surrogates. I think there's still a long way to go for us. This is just the this is just the beginning um, in terms of reaching out to to our main target audience. And, and I think people are slowly waking up to the fact that there's there's alternate ways that you can accomplish one of your life goals of starting a family. I do want to um, push back on a few stereotypes that I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I do want to acknowledge that you're obviously a very open-minded person creating this site, but um, the stereotype of like the career woman who then like doesn't have time for kids. Um, mm-hmm. What I'm seeing in my own personal life is, and I think as a result of these divorce rates that you've mentioned, is that our generation um, is waiting 
for the right person and doesn't necessarily meet that person and isn't willing to settle and then potentially go through divorce later. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a major cause. Uh, you know, I have plenty of friends that are very successful in their careers um, and have families and people that are very successful and just haven't met the right person yet. And right. then I also wanted to say from my own personal experience, um, just going back to something you said at the top, is that actually men in their, the second I hit 30s, uh, men brought up children on first dates online all the time. And actually, I don't think I want kids. Um, right. And maybe that's just me as the case study. But just thinking about how you said that, um, you know, there's a lot of fear of female friends and a lot of women wanting kids and that like guys sort of like once they hit 40. Um, but yeah, my own experience is like I've, I've actually like... Uh, ended things with guys because very early on they're like I want this number of kids in this many years and and that's right. not you know and for me I'm like oh I maybe want them but like you can't date me if like you're on that kind of schedule so I do think there is a stereotype that it's women who are really on that timeline I, th- right. I my personal opinion is men might be more afraid to say it and but I think actually that it's kind of equal that men really want families as well I agree men definitely want families but I, I think part of the accelerating factor that of these changing norms is say, you know, women, you know, are in the workforce just as much as men now. They make just as much money or more. It's not like 50 years ago where a, a lot of women's goals was to kind of just find a good husband and, you know, raise the kids. And so women don't have to settle right now. And so now part of the reason why people are having kids later in life is, is you're right. They're not meeting the right person. Um, but I also think they're also not in, um, in a headspace, but, you know, men and women where they, where they feel like, I think that, I think a lot of people think that starting a family means like, uh, the, you know, the end of a certain part of your life and the beginning of, of kind of the settling down, uh, uh, you know, you can't travel the world anymore, that trip you wanted to take, or, uh, it, it's going to get tougher to get, you know, the promoted to vice president at the corporation. And I think people also feel the financial pressures of when you have a kid, it's gonna, a, a kid is expensive. And uh, and you can't. It's tough to do on. Uh, they really, under. you know what though? All my friends, they get so many uh, toys for their kids, and then the kid yeah. is like excited about a fucking cardboard box. So people right. just they need to chill out. That's yeah. true. But I do think you made a really interesting point that I hadn't thought about about how because women now have careers, like you're right, that society used to be for a woman, your entire life goal, the thing that you had to do was like, I remember right. the first time I heard the joke about getting your MRS degree. It's like that they would, you know what I mean? That it's like you had yeah. to, you were a failure if you didn't. So I do, I do think that's a really interesting point as well. I was yeah, also thinking it'll be interesting, like down the line, as we see people co-parenting for longer to see if they're able to continue to take those trips around the world and how their right. career advancement is affected. And yeah, it might like maybe we're just completely redefining families where people are going to have more freedom somehow in this arrangement or right. something. So if you if you if you're if you're raising if you have a co-parent, let's say you have a platonic co-parent, um, uh, you know maybe you can, you can, you can take a a trip somewhere and then the other parent can, you know, you can work out the schedule basically where, where it's kind of like a divorce, but without the divorce and the the negativity and animosity of a divorce. (laughs) That sounds great. (laughs) Yeah. Because we've all seen, you know, I've seen friends and and close acquaintances get, uh, you know, go through nasty divorces where mommy and daddy, you know, talk badly about the other person for years in front of the kids. And that affects the children. I've also seen great divorces where people, you know, 
they wrap everything up, they divide up the assets, and they stay together for the, you know, call it like the Gwyneth Paltrow, Chris Martin conscious yeah, uncoupling. Yeah, and then you get to be single half the week. It actually sounds kind of great. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're, like, free, you can do whatever the fuck you want, you don't have kids. It's like half the week you are, you have your old life, and half the week you don't. I think it really oh, yeah. sounds ideal. I mean, I talked to a lot of great divorce couples where they, they exactly that. Like, they're, you know, once, once, once kids get into teenagerhood, they're, um, you know, they're, uh, they can become a handful and it's nice to sometimes have time off. And then I don't think you're, you're necessarily ne- neglecting them by, by having time for yourself and, right. and, and pursuing your own individual pursuits. I just wanted to add, like so much of this can be reduced to like two parents of any, in any dimension, just working together and supporting right. each other, whether yes. that's someone you are married to and in love, romantic love with or not. It's like, right. you don't have that. This myth of like, I had kids, so my life is over. No, if, if the, if the family like functions together, then, then parent A can take a break or okay, you can't go to, you can't go to the Great Wall of China with a newborn, but right. you sure can do that with a five-year-old. So just yeah. go, if, if that matters to you, just do it. Like yeah. I, right. stop complaining, you know? And, yeah. And also, also with divorce, there's usually some, you know, let's say uh, one of the people had an affair or something like that. And then there's always that resentment and that hatred towards mm-hmm. the person. And it's tough to, to co-parent with someone like that until you eventually, eventually comes to a point where you, you have to let everything go and, and do what's best for the child. And, and move on with, you know, with your life and your relationship with that person and just focus on this new version of the relationship where you're together, you're coming together for a common goal of, you know, raising your children successfully. And it, it, just because your, your marriage didn't work out, you know, doesn't mean you need to ruin the kid's life too. Did we read that you also work with matchmakers? Yeah. So, well, with concierge, if, if you're looking for a romantic partner, um, you know, I do have partnerships with matchmakers where... Because a lot of a lot of it is is you know if you're looking you're just looking for a romantic partner with someone who's ready to to start a family so it's just a little bit of a niche where you know people can pay some people pay twenty five thousand dollars to a matchmaker to find a boyfriend or a girlfriend just to you know for to have a, a great relationship so what we do is we find we introduce people that are that are you know closer and ready to start a family and that's the kind of you know, niche that sets us apart but we do work with matchmakers all over the country if I'm having trouble you know matching someone with my database or whatever other sources we use, I'll, I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get referrals from matchmakers all the time. Or uh, they also call us when they can't find someone for the, for their client where they're like, look, uh, this, this girl or guy is, you know, is looking for someone re- ready to have kids and that they want to get married and all that. And I haven't been able to find them someone. And, and they, you know, they come to us for, for that reason too. And I work as a matchmaker for, for the donor egg donor surrogate side of things too, where we have relationships with, surrogacy agencies and egg donor agencies. So instead of working with say one, one egg donor agency where that only has like maybe 30 potential candidates, we work with a hundred egg donor agencies. So we can search through thousands of different donor databases so we can help you find, you know, the best donor that, that you're looking for. You had said earlier uh, that you provide therapy for co-parents. Um, I'm curious to know, are there, what kind of resources do you provide for people who find one another, who match on your site and decide to co-parent? Yeah, so we provide resources for therapy where if you wanted to talk to someone that's a modern family therapist, we, we can connect you with someone in your city. So the resources are, say, like a attorney. If you're going to co-parent with someone or you're using a donor, you want to make sure you, you protect yourself and both parties should seek out the counsel of an attorney and draft a co-parenting agreement or a known donor agreement. Which will which will kind of stipulate the you know who's responsible for what what's, what's the custody situation going to be like um, what, what who's financially responsible for this and that and uh, it it can be as simple as a you know basic agreement or it could be as complex as uh, estate planning um, 
you know, a, a succession planning. If this, if the person has a small business or, you know, a real estate portfolio or stocks or things like that, you know, you want to make sure you do it responsibly and in the right way. So we, we kind of make recommendations on how people should get to know each other. You know, this is not, this is not meet someone online and have a baby next week. It's, it's, uh, it, you know, it, just like on Tinder, somebody starts off as a stranger, but you get the, eventually then you get to know each other. So we recommend people get to know each other for at least six months to a year. If you're going down the co-parenting route, a lot, you know, with the donor stuff that, that usually happens a lot faster because the donor is not, um, you know, not going to be the legal parent. Uh, and that's more of a, that's more of a one-way street where we have, we have a database of over 3000 men that are open to being a donor. And once the, I introduce a, a potential donor to, um, one of our women and the day, and they get to meet him, you know, a Zoom call or in person a few times. And, and uh, you know, if the woman's ready to pull the trigger, then they can do the health checks and make the trip to the doctor's office and, you know, uh, inseminate the, her eggs. So depending on what type of relationship you're embarking upon, the process is a little bit different. This is all very fascinating. However, have you gotten lots of hate mail from people who think this is all an abomination? Um. Well, I mean, Rush Limbaugh did say a few years ago that uh, I was bringing down Western civilization. Honestly, Mazel tov. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's great. That's great. Which I yeah. thought was pretty cool, actually. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Is that, is that your Twitter yeah. bio? Because it should be. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's been, it's, we, you know, there have been a couple articles written here and there, but in general, you know, because we're not, we're not saying marriage is bad or this is better than marriage. We're just, just saying this is another option for people. So we're not saying it's going to replace, you know, the, the failures of the of institutions that have been around for thousands of years. And I think if people are going into it as, as doing what's best for the child and having a child have influence from both parents in their in the raising process, I think generally the response has been pretty good. You know, we're we're thankful for that. But anytime anytime we do get a little bit of pushback, we're we're happy to uh, to speak with people and realize that we're you know we're not bringing down Western civilization as we know it. We're uh, we're really just moving along with what we think is needed in society. I'm not saying you brought down Western civilization, but it's quite a coincidence that it has collapsed. <laughs> I'm just saying that's, right. that's true. That's true. Um, well, well, hopefully it's it's getting rebuilt again, and, and, um, <laughs> and we can be uh, we can be on the the right side of history this time. So. <laughs> As we wrap up today, could you share any success stories with us? Any that maybe come to mind that you think are that's one of the more touching ones? Yeah. So one of my favorite couples that we connected uh, are in Toronto, and it was a straight woman who recently divorced, had one child, had no desire to get married again. But she wanted to you know, have a uh, provide a, a brother or sister for her one child. And so she was exploring co-parenting. She met a great gay guy that lived five minutes away from her. They were both in academia, uh, kind of like working on their PhDs and things like that. And they got to know each other for, you know, they went on a coffee date and they, they, they got to know each other, became close friends uh, for over a year before they started, before they decided to, to move forward with the process. And they had a baby, uh, gosh, at this point, it's maybe like five years ago. And they're one of the, they're just one of the best success stories I've ever seen because they're involved in each other's lives on a day-to-day basis. They don't live together. They've adjusted their work schedule to correspond to, you know, whatever the needs of, of, uh, of the child is. And, and in the early years, the child's mostly living with the mother while she was breastfeeding and things like that. But they just, uh, they just had a great story and they just, uh, We've connected so many people that had an um, interesting story. Like there was one African-American woman that was looking for a co-parent because 
she grew up without a father and she knows what that's like and she wanted to have a child but she also wanted a father involved and she you know she wasn't at the place where she was getting married or something like that so she was on the search for a co-parent uh, because she thought it was really important that a child have uh, the influence of his father as well so um, there's a lot of there's a lot of great stories like that over the years that we've that we've heard and the couple who lived 5 minutes apart they had never met before the site correct wow yeah, they met on the, they met on my family so fun <laughs> yeah so I guess to bring things home, how do you feel about the show Modern Family? Love it or hate it? <laughs> have you been sued by ABC? Like, yeah. n- no, we almost we almost did a show with ABC, but uh, but um, <laughs> no, I I love that show, and the only problem is when you when you Google search us, they show up before us because it's so <gasps> close in the in terms of the, those assholes the names. <laughs> fucking up the SEO. <laughs> <laughs> love that show. Uh, I think it's a great representation of modern families and how and how the different ways that things can work and and all the different situations that uh, that we all have and but um, but they made it they made it work. Awesome. Well, Ivan, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been amazing talking to you and great to hear about Mud Emily. Thanks, guys. It's been really fun and um, happy to do it anytime. Appreciate thank it. Thank you. Ali, you made a comment during that interview about raising a, a child with a gay man. You said it's the only arrangement you would do. <laughs> was there a, was there any truth in that for you? <laughs> well, I don't know. Like, if I, I think, yeah, like I'd raise a kid with like Ian and Matt. Like that'd be cool. Oh my god, that would be so cool. <laughs> like if I was gonna have a kid, like that would, sounds way more enjoyable. I don't yeah. know, but, but. Yeah, and also the idea of having like three or four parents for one kid. Like they say it takes a village and then you've got your village and you're good. That's yeah, totally, yeah. That would be fucking awesome, dude. Yeah. But we're fostering a puppy right now and I'm not even doing most of the work and I'm like, man, how do people have kids? <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. puppy's shitting everywhere. He's so <laughs> cute when he's cute and then he's a fucking monster. Exactly. I say the same thing about dogs. How do people have dogs? I don't get it. <laughs> Wait, really? Oh, yeah. Why? Every interaction I have with a dog is negative. I just don't like negative. them. So it's like they're it's loud negative. and they smell and there's fur and there's shit everywhere. It's like, no, thank you. Okay. Were you just talking about your children or a dog? I'm not sure. Hey, yeah. Children do all the same things, but then they grow up and they, you know, create art and poetry. Dogs never do. They just <laughs> keep shitting everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Now I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let me let me really re-ask the question to you because we've talked about it on the show. Like, what what do you want, Allie, from from life? Do you want the partner? <laughs> do you want the kids? And I'm not being silly. I'm yeah, not, no, no. It's just funny. It's like, what do you want? What do you want? No, but I mean, but like that is the question because well, you have expressed that you he, don't want kids, right? Yeah, I don't know that I want kids, but I've always wanted a life partner. It was interesting right. that at some point he said people. The Pew research was that people don't care about the life partner, but they do want kids. But I, mm-hmm. I've always wanted a life partner. Like I've always thought that would be awesome. Like when I've thought of my life, there always has been a life partner, and I've never really imagined kids. And the life partner part eludes me. <laughs> and then you know, I'd like to create crazy shit till I die. You know what I mean? Just like mm-hmm. weird yeah. stuff that like. But makes you need people, that life partner yeah. who is on board with that and loves that uh, yeah. about you. But then you know, we must have talked about this in terms of dating, but just in the wider world of like your life partner pool, your pool of candidates is probably reduced because some of those potential life partners who are awesome might yes. want kids. It, yes. it, but oh, and, yeah, and right, what I said is true. I did recently go on a date with someone, and for the first time. I realized 
the extent to which it is not quite a deal breaker. But this guy said to me on our second date, like he really definitely wants kids. He's on that timeline. He broke up with his last girlfriend because she had a kid from her ex-husband and didn't want any more. And they broke up. And so the thing is like, I am staying open-minded to the idea that I, you know, some people say, Oh, you meet the right person. Then you want his babies or whatever, you know, like there's a chance (laughs) I mean, time is ticking, but there's a chance that I meet the right person and then I do want a kid, but I'm not on the baby train, right? Like a a guy who's like, I definitely want kids and I'm on that timeline. Like, I'm not the girl for him because there's plenty of girls who are on that timeline who are like, Mm -hmm. fuck, I'm 36. I want to meet someone. I want to get married. I want to have a kid. But like, I don't want to waste this dude's time if he definitely wants one. Right, right. So it was sort of interesting that that was the first time that it's like really come to a point where I like had to tell him like, I don't think we should go out again then because like, you know, because for me, even if I do have a kid at this point, it's going to be I meet someone. He's fucking awesome. We date for a while. I don't really care about marriage necessarily. And then, like I don't know, you know, it's like may, maybe in a couple of years and then there's an IVF train probably. But like, I, <laughs> yeah, I can't I can't date someone who's like, I want kids like, you know, that they're on that accelerated timeline. Mm-hmm. Right. So I don't know, but it does it. But, you know, but men bring it up really quickly, which is why I pushed back on him because either way, like, but like from the time I turned 30, guys would like talk about kids. But I've also met quite a few guys who don't want them or are on the fence or don't really care. And so but yeah, but the pool is smaller. It's weird to meet someone who's like smart and cute, but like definitely wants kids. And I'm like, ooh. (laughs) (laughs) well, yeah, that was my next question. Uh, Maybe maybe it hasn't happened yet, but it's like, what if that person? person you were just describing you were like super into and he was into you like the the chemistry was there and you thought on a different timeline oh my god like this could be a person for me and then er, record scratch and i want kids like again it doesn't sound like a deal breaker but maybe there's a conversation there for you well the guy who said that earlier yeah it's not like i was like super jiving with him and like really smitten you know what i mean so it's like it's just Mm -hmm. not fair to him like Mm -hmm. i think at the very least like i have to be honest and tell the person like you know i don't know that i do and you have to be okay with that right exactly but but you know if i meet someone i'm super into and he definitely wants them then it's something that i have to consider more as well but like i don't think i want them I wish I were closer to my nephews and niece. Like, yeah. like physically, physically, like they're on the other side of the country yeah. and there's mm-hmm. a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, right. I would like to be a very, I would, I, it would be nice to be able to be a very involved aunt. Yeah. Um, but, you I know, could- hopefully when they grow older, run, they'll run away to California and I'll be here. Mm-hmm. I gotta yeah. say, I respect somebody like putting out on a second date that that's what they want, but it feels a little early to me. Like, I would like, like <laughs> let's do like fifth to 10th date. Right. I don't know. <laughs> you've kissed and like you're kind of into each other but well i mean it sort of came up because uh he clearly had this like very serious previous relationship that he'd gotten out of and i was like what Mm -hmm. happened and what happened was that she didn't want another kid and he definitely did and i was like (laughs) yeah all right that makes more sense but also but but also you're right like online dating is weird right like if i met someone the normal way and 
I don't know. It's just, it's just a lot for online dating, right? To like, because yes. this person's a fucking stranger. Yeah. So you don't, you don't have that much skin in the game. I don't know. But it's that maturity level of like, we're all in our 30s and we're not going to play games. We're here to determine if this is yeah, a compatible I mean, I person or not. I respected that mm-hmm. he said that and certainly tons of women would be thrilled to hear that. Um, the other thing that's sort of funny though is I've had guys tell me they don't want kids and you can see them get like a little nervous about telling me because I think <laughs> oh, most right, girls sure. <laughs> end it with them and they tell me and it's like this big like moment and I'm like, cool, Ooh. so what are we having for dinner? <laughs> 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 That's funny. So, Aww. I don't know. Uh, follow up, and maybe you probably have said so, but why don't you want to have kids? And it's not a ju- it's not a judgment. It's it's are you are you worried about what we t- what we talked about earlier of like that your life has to be modified or changed? No, it's not even that. It's just okay. like I. I know a lot of my friends have always wanted them, and they've always daydreamed about them, and. As a woman, you're conditioned to believe that you want them. So when I was in my early 20s, I'd make jokes like, oh, I'm going to have kids like at the last biologically feasible moment and when mm-hmm. I have staff to take care of them. You know what I mean? Like I would joke. <laughs> and then eventually some of my friends were like, maybe you just don't want them. You know what I mean? It's just not something I've ever daydreamed about. And like, I enjoy hanging out with kids and giving them back to their parents. Like, I just mm-hmm. don't, I just know a lot of people think about it and imagine it and daydream about it and they want it and they've always wanted it and i know that that's not me Mm -hmm. you know and i have a lot of friends who felt similarly and now i've had kids and they're not happy (laughs) so i just i do think we've been fed this fallacy that we all have to want them it's a biological imperative there's something wrong with you if you don't want them but i actually think like some people want them and some people don't and maybe a majority want them and a minority don't but i do think the idea that we all want them isn't really true and you know maybe we shouldn't and i do yeah and i do like i know this sounds very like um self-aggrandizing in some way but i i do enjoy like volunteering and you know you guys know i like went to arizona and been like making calls and and, like i like the idea of like helping the community and like i signed up recently for like a tutoring program like i like the idea of like having kids around and like Mm -hmm. helping out but i don't you can drop your you can drop your shit (laughs) on a dime and go canvas uh at the polls or go to soup like like, you're not like i mean yes i i really enjoy having my freedom but it's not even like oh i don't want kids because of my freedom like i just Mm -hmm. never have thought about it like i i have had dreams at night where i'm pregnant and I wake oh. up in the morning and literally my first thought is, oh, I had a nightmare last night. Like, <laughs> like, like most, like I have other friends that are like, oh my God, I had the best dream. Like I was pregnant. You know what I mean? And I'm like, that is literally, uh, that's a nightmare. Like it's a yeah. nightmare. You know what I mean? And like in the dream, I'm like trying to figure out how to get an abortion. Like, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> and so it's also like, I'm, I, un- I recognize like even uh, unconsciously that I, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? But like Jen, you've you, when we yeah. we met years and years ago, and I feel like you've always talked about having kids or eventually, you know. Yeah, I was gonna say it's. Um, I think I'm probably like the quintessential millennial in that, like, definitely was told by my parents, like, you can be anything you want, and like, you know, they provided a lot of support for me in a lot of ways. Uh, that in a way, I think, kind of prevented me from growing up like as quickly as some other people. But also, it was so wonderful because <laughs> you know, but we were artists for you know a long time, and in some ways, still are. So. 
I, it just like wasn't on my radar. And then, um, but you know, I always thought it was something I, I wanted, but now that definitely now that I'm in a relationship where that's something we talk about, it, it has become much more important to me, but it's just weird. Like with the way life ebbs and flows, like I could totally see making your way through your thirties and like, just being like, like, if you don't have the impulse to do it, just saying like, I don't really want to do it. <laughs> you know, my brother and his wife are in their forties. They got married in their forties and I think they're definitely not going to have kids and they're, they're good with it. You know, they have a really nice mm-hmm. life together. Um, mm-hmm. so it, yeah, it's just, you never know. <laughs> I guess the other thing to answer your question, Matt, is that around 33, 34, a lot of my friends started freezing their eggs and I had to decide if I wanted to do that. And they looked into it And there was just no part of me that wanted to do it. So that was another thing where I was like, there are people who really want them and they're willing to literally stab themselves in the stomach every night (laughs) (laughs) for it and drop 10K. And like, I just didn't want to do that process at all. But then that was kind of a realization for me. Well, if I don't want to do this process, like I, you know, I'm I'm not... I don't, maybe yep. I don't want kids. Like, yep. <laughs> yeah. and it's, that's the, it truly is the clearest answer. I don't think you've ever expressed it quite like that, uh, on the show. And, uh, yeah, it makes perfect sense. And then I am immediately thinking, I'm immediately answering my own question based on your answer of like, who doesn't want a puppy who they're so cute and cuddly and furry. And, and I'm literally like, I don't even want to go near a dog who anyone who has one, like, I, I just don't desire that. And now transposing that on the child metaphor and and there it is it makes perfect sense <laughs> now that you've explained it they shit everywhere guys <laughs> all of them yeah Kids, babies shit they all do they all do <laughs> yeah all right, guys. Well, we, as always, love to hear what you think. Please tweet at me at Junebugger, J-O-O-N-B-U-G-G-E-R. I'm at Allie Gold, A-L-L-I-G-O-L-D. Email us at 2G1podcast at gmail.com. Text us. Hey guys, long-term listener. Um, Massachusetts, where I live, just passed a right to repair law for cars, which is uh, a big deal because apparently once it kind of passes in one state, it often goes national because it's just easier for the car companies. I wasn't sure when the bill came up what I felt about it, so I called them. So I went to the local repair shop, and they were like, fuck yes, we want to pass this bill. And apparently... (laughs) The going against the bill were all of the giant car companies. So, uh, you know, we're making progress, and you can do it, actually. through Actual things can happen through actual government, which is kind of amazing. Anyway, thanks so much. Awesome. Not bad. So happy to hear that. What? Also, who- <laughs> but i know it all happened so quickly it was definitely because of our podcast <laughs> I, I i think so i mean <laughs> it's interesting because um steve was saying that cars tended to lead the way on right to repair that yes. mechanics have been repairing cars for decades uh but apparently there were still some things that needed to get uh passed uh, at least in massachusetts mm-hmm. so thank you for calling in yeah thank mm-hmm. you so much you can call us just like that longtime listener did. Thank you so much. You could also text us, leave a voicemail. That phone number is 347-871-6548. That number again, 347-871-6 And join our Discord server, discord.gg slash 2G1P, where listeners of the show are coming and hanging out and suggesting show topics and the like. And we're also talking about non-show topics. So join us, discord.gg slash 2G1P. Ali, if they'd like to contribute, how do they do that? You can go to patreon.com slash 2G1P. And if you donate at the $10 or more level, we will awkwardly and strangely say your name on air as we did earlier today. <laughs> <laughs> but 
never again like babies because that was a little weird. I, yeah, I, feel, I felt uncomfortable I for felt myself. Uncomfortable too. Yeah. yeah. I also wanted to say a little teaser that we are also pitching a subreddit child free for the counterpoint to this episode. So we'll see what happens. All right, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Is hosted by Allison Goldberg and Jennifer Jamula, then artificially inseminated into podcast apps around the world. I mean, produced and edited by Matt Silverman in New York City. Production assistance is provided by the Podglomerate. This show is a production of The Daily Dot, the number one source for in depth reporting about life on the internet. <laughs> The Podglomerate, a sonic universe. I don't know money yet.